What is up, TFA fam? Welcome into another edition of the Fantasy Authority Podcast. It is, yeah, boys, Cody and Kev rocking with you. We're going to walk you through our uh, our week 13 running back rankings, getting you guys ready for the uh, for the last week before playoffs kick off. So without further ado, we're just going to jump right into this, Kev. Let's go ahead and start uh, start looking at the running back one rankings for the week. Again, if uh, if you're just checking this out on YouTube, you'll see the you'll see the ranks on the graphics uh, on the screen right now. If you're listening to us on podcast form, I'm going to run through these and we're going to chop it up on some of the guys who we think are most interesting on the week. So, looking at this right now, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, James Robinson, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs sitting at six. Uh, not not a lot to talk about here. Somebody I do want to bring up, however. Kevin and your rankings is having Josh Jacobs sitting there at the at the sixth spot. He's somebody who I feel like in in this particular matchup, especially I I might have outside of RB one. You have him kind of sitting here in the middle. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Josh Jacobs going up against the Jets and especially a defense that you uh, you always poignantly point out. That uh, that that is the the strength of their defense, right? I think they are like eighth in rush DVOA right now. Uh, they they are giving up, I believe, the eleventh or twelfth most half PPR points. But I feel like a lot of that rides on you know some of their big weeks where they just got gashed, like against the uh, against the Giants. So just uh, your your thoughts on Josh Jacobs here. Well, one, we had actually had a little bit of scare with Josh Jacobs, who injured his ankle in the game against the Falcons and was really at the beginning of the week. Uh, you know, Sunday night was looking like it could have been a really serious injury, but he looks like he avoided the, the a serious injury and just called it a minor, uh, minor, minor ankle injury. And he is confident he's able to, he's going to play this week. I don't know if the Raiders will rush him out there. So it is possible that Josh Jacobs could miss this week. We could be look, looking at Devontae Booker as the starting running back this week. So that is something to monitor with, with Josh Jacobs. But if he's able to play, I just feel like this is a game while, one, I definitely think this will be a bounce-back game for them. And while I agree, I do respect this Jets run defense. Like It is better than um, what people will give it credit for. But at the same time, I think that this we know that the Raiders are a team that wants to run the football and they will continue to pound the rock with them. If they can get down inside the red zone, but it should be something they're able to do and bounce back in this spot, then I think he could find the end zone a couple of times. So I think Josh Jacobs is a is a is a decent play. Listen, th- this week there's there's some really rough matchups across the board. Like there's not like a lot of really juicy matchups, a lot like there was last week, where there's just like all these games that you really want to you or you really feel confident about. So, you know, I, you know, Josh Jacobs, uh, I think is, is, is fine. And while it's not the best matchup, it's also not the worst matchup for him either. To run things out here, uh, and a couple guys I want to touch on as well. Antonio Gibson at seven, David Montgomery for the brand finally had that big game. Austin Eckler, Deandre Swift, Chris Car- Chris Carson, and then Clyde Edwards Hilaire sitting there at 12. Uh, Austin Eckler, you know, we, we had a bunch of questions about him on our Sunday show, you know, wh- whether or not they should start him, people just being, you know, a little hesitant. Well, we did not have to worry about that. Had like 70% of the snaps, saw something like double-digit targets. There was no... 16. Yeah. 16. Yeah. 
just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> there was no easing him in whatsoever. So I am a little surprised to see him sitting down here at nine for you. Uh, Montgomery, like I said, we, we finally got that big week out of him. We saw what, you know, what he can do if he just gets a little bit of room. Now, granted, a lot of his, I think half of his rushing yards came on that big 57-yard run. That You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, like, even me and you might have been able to get at least, like, eight yards on because it was just an absolutely wide open lane for him to run through. But I, I, I do like the – he has another really good matchup against Detroit this week, so I think you can confidently run him out as your RB2. On this list, was there anybody that – that you kind of went back and forth on. And I do want to get your thoughts on Antonio Gibson, because obviously that matchup with the Steelers is is not 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 good on paper. We've seen them be had against like the uh you know Miles Sanders popped off on some big runs against him. Obviously Antonio can Antonio Gibson can do the same thing. And then same thing with the Ravens. JK Dobbins had a had a really nice game against them as well. Gibson has gone, I think, four of his last five games have been top 10 PPR uh, scoring weeks for, for running back. Just uh, your, your your thoughts on this, because he hasn't been involved as a pass catcher as much as we would like and as much as we thought he would coming into the year. So just your thoughts on, on Gibson, and then uh, I would like to hear your thoughts on DeAndre Swift as well. Yeah, so I'm not as worried about the matchup against the Steelers. And I know, again, that another situation where people will look at the Steelers and say that, well, well the Steelers have been uh, you know, great against the run. The thing is, is, though, is that they have been beaten on the ground. Like, we, we talk about it. We, they, you know, they allow 250 rushing yards to the Ravens. Um, I mean, multiple teams have, have been able to run the football. Where they have excelled is not allowing a rushing touchdown. They've only allowed five rushing touchdowns on the season, and that has really helped them in terms of, uh, you know, I think our perception of them as, as a defense. Like, they've done a really good job and once you get inside the red zone of limiting teams um, and being able to score. But Antonio Gibson, I think, is just like we finally – you know, he's somebody that we talked a lot about over the offseason, um, you know, or during our rookie rankings and stuff like this, talking about him and how explosive he could be. Like, this dude is the, a real deal. Like, I think he is going to end up being an elite-level running back, like a top-five running back as soon as next year. Like, this dude is the truth. And we saw it last week against Dallas where he he had 70% of the snaps. He had 20 carries. Um, he's also heavily involved in the passing game. He ran. He, had, he was targeted seven times, five receptions, 136 total yards, and three total touchdowns. But the dudes had scored a touchdown in every single week since week seven. So, like, he's finding the end zone. They're giving him the goal line work. The dude's the dude is the truth, and so I like Antonio Gibson quite a bit. I'm not as nervous about this Pittsburgh run defense as some other people will be, and so I do like Antonio Gibson. He's an absolute must start. Uh, moving on to David Montgomery, love David Montgomery. He's somebody we talked about a lot in our buy sell shows uh, before the trade deadlines pass. Of so somebody that people should be looking to acquire. Their schedule is so good the rest of the way. I would not be surprised from here on out if he's a Q or if he is a RB one the rest of the season. Um, over the remainder of the rest of the season, could win people some leagues. Like he is getting all the opportunities. We saw it in his first game back. Eighty-eight percent of the snaps. Uh, he, he rushed the ball eleven times. He ran thirty-seven routes, which you love to see it. Love to see it, especially from uh, David Montgomery, um, somebody who's not typically known as a pass catcher. But with with Tariq Cohen out for the year, he really has evolved as a pass catcher. And so he had he was targeted six times, three times inside the red zone, five receptions, one hundred and forty-three total yards, and a touchdown against Green Bay. And now this week they get to face 
the uh, Lions run defense that is absolutely atrocious. They allow the most fantasy points in position. It doesn't matter whether it's rushing or receiving. They've been terrible against that as well. They've allowed 543 rush or receiving yards, seven touchdowns, which is the most by far to any running back in the league. So just a great matchup for David Montgomery. So I really like him. I think you can start him with confidence. Austin Eckler, happy to see him back. Happy to get some of these guys back finally, right? Like Austin Eckler's been out for a, mo- a lot of the season. So it's good to see him back. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I really believe he's going to be back this week again, kind of like Kenny Galladay. Uh, it sounds like he was getting close to return last week, but he just didn't have enough time with Thursday. I think if they would have played on Sunday, we would have had DeAndre Swift. Now, this week against the Bears, the Bears have been better against the pass than they have against the run. They are a defense that you can run on, and but they also utilize him as a pass catcher. So I do think DeAndre Swift uh, is somebody that I have as an RB10. I Again, I think he's somebody that's probably going to be an RB1 rest of season. Um, I think you can fire him up with confidence. Chris Carson, it was good to see him back finally after missing two or three weeks with that foot injury. It felt like they were easing him in a little bit. They did use Carlos Hyde more than I expected, but he was involved as a pass catcher. And, you know, when you're tethered to – Russell Wilson, I think those are good things. So I think you can start Chris Car- Chris Carson with confidence this week. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is actually a guy that I went back and forth with because he's just been all over the place this year. Uh, in games that they can throw the ball, they're going to throw the ball. And that's exactly what they did last week, which you can't really blame them because, I mean, Tyreek Hill went absolutely nuclear, went, what, 200 yards in the first quarter. And it was wild uh, watching that game unfold. But, you know, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, he's had some good weeks and he's had some bad weeks. But this week they get Denver – um, this is a matchup at home that I think that they can exploit and a matchup that they could run. the. We could see them run the football a little bit more. Um, the last time they faced them, uh, let's see, it was the game that they just absolutely manhandled them in that game. Uh, he only needed to rush eight or eight times, but he did have one reception, 63 total yards, but he also found the end zone. But prior to this week, like we started to see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire come on a little bit more. He had 12.4 against Carolina, and then he had 20.7 against the Raiders. Obviously, last week was not good. He did run the ball 11 times for 27 yards, played 58% of the snaps. We're starting to see his snap share rise again. So I think you can expect him to play around 60% of the snaps. So he is a little bit dangerous because we know if the Chiefs are able to throw the football, that's all they're going to do, and they're not going to run the ball as much. Like, he hasn't had over 15 carries since week six against Buffalo when he had 26 carries. So – like he he's not getting as much usage and he's not being heavily involved in the passing game, so those things are concerning. But but when you get to play with the Chiefs, he can find the end zone at any moment. So that is why I think Clyde Edwards-Helaire deserves to be here. And I know some people are going to say, "But Kevin, where is Aaron Jones? Where is Ezekiel Elliott? Where uh-huh. is Alvin Kamara?" Uh huh. And I guess we're about to talk about that. Oh, we are. People people are either you know listening to this watching this and just probably have veins popping out of their face, flipping tables over, just wondering what the hell has Kevin lost his mind. Here are the RB2 rankings for week 13 for Kev. Kicking things off at 13, the aforementioned Alvin Kamara. Zeke Elliott coming in at at 14. Aaron Jones, Naheem Hines, J.K. Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, Kenyon Drake, Wayne Gallman, Duke Johnson, Gio Bernard, Benny Snell, and then Melvin Gordon wrapping things up at 24. We can't waste any more time. We got to get into this. Kev, we have uh, Aaron Jones is sitting at Fantasy Pros Consensus 6 in PPR rankings, and Alvin Kamara is sitting at 8. You don't even have them in the top 12. Speak to the folks. Well, real quick, I know you're going to get into why you have them ranked here. 
if you are setting a lineup this week in a must-win situation, do you have the cojones to sit? Or yeah, I guess sit. Obviously, depending on who you have, would you possibly sit Kamara and Aaron Jones and even Zeke Elliott for that matter? If you have, you know, the the luxury, most people don't obviously, but it, like let's say you had two or three solid running backs. Would you potentially think about setting any of these top three running backs in your RB2 rankings? I think you could sit Alvin Kamara if you wanted to, yes. Um, listen. <laughs> just not seeing the pass volume that we're accustomed to seeing him to. And he's only playing 50% of the snaps, which is a problem. Um, he's still getting some opportunity as a runner, but I mean, last week, so in week, week 11, which is the same matchup against this Atlanta Falcons defense, which Atlanta Falcons run defense has been pretty good, um, this year. And then Denver. So let's look at it. He had 13 carries. He ran nine routes, nine routes. He's typically running 30, anywhere from 20 to 30 routes in a game. He ran nine routes against Atlanta, one target, zero receptions. 45 total yards and saved and was saved a little bit by a by a touchdown. Last week against Denver, 50% of the snaps, 11 carries, 14 routes, a little bit better, but only two targets, one reception, 52 total yards, zero touchdowns. Listen, with Taysom Hill back there, like it just changes things with this offense because Taysom Hill they are utilizing so much as a runner. It's like Tim Tebow, so he's not looking to to check down to Alvin Kamara like we see Drew Brees do which has really affected Alvin Kamara right now, which is obviously the most inopportune time for this to happening because this is the, we're coming up on the fantasy playoffs, and Alvin Kamara has really hurt his fantasy owners. Would it surprise me if Alvin Kamara bounced back and looked a little bit more like Alvin Kamara? No, but I'm not counting on it because we have not seen anything now. We've seen two weeks in a row with Taysom Hill not looking to target him in the passing game, and if that's the problem, that is a huge problem because, I mean, let's look, at, let's look prior to this. 5-9-13. Three, eight, eight, nine, five, seven. Those are all of the games. Those are all of his reception numbers over the over the over the with Drew Brees. Targets eight, nine, fourteen, four, ten, eight, thirteen, six, eight, and then the last two is one and two. It's a problem, and so yes, I think if you have the luxury, let's say if you had Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, and James Robinson. James Robinson. Right, if, if that's if that's where you were lucky enough to have, yeah, yes, I would strongly consider sitting Alvin Kamara because we have seen enough now that that this is this is going to be an issue for him. Now, the good news is, if you can make it that far, week fifteen, Drew Brees is expected to be back. So, I'm not telling people to outright sit him. Like you would have to have like a really strong collection of running backs to be able to actually make that happen. But just like whenever on the Sunday show, when people ask us about, you know, what do you do with Alvin Kamara? We said, like, I, I don't know if I'd have the guts to do it this one week after one week of, of, of sample size to be able to make that call. But like, it was certainly in the range of possibilities and it was right. And so here we are again. And yes, it's something that you could do. Am I telling people they should not necessarily, but if you have the options, you know, you could something you could do. Now, Ezekiel Elliott's tough. I thought about having him a little higher. It's really going to depend on the injury situation, the COVID situation for Baltimore. They play on Monday. So we'll have to see, you know, who they get back, who they don't, which could change some things. I could actually move them up much higher if we find out they're, they're going to be without a lot of players. So um, that's why I have him, Aaron Jones. Um, listen, Philadelphia's rush defense has been really good, like really, really good. And so 
I could see a situation here where Philly looks to throw the ball because that's how you beat the Eagles. Uh, they are a team that really struggles um, stopping the the pass, but they're really good against the run. And so Aaron Jones, you know, if he's not, if he doesn't get see a ton of pass catching volume, I think this could be a rough game for him. So I am a little bit lower on him than others. I still think again, same kind of Alvin Kamara. For most people, you're going to be playing him and you're going to start him. He's somebody that does have a much higher ceiling in terms of. Uh, pass catching volume and stuff like that. So I do think that maybe, maybe, maybe what I have him is a little bit low, but I, I don't think it's uh, egregious. Um, and so, the, you know, some of the other guys I have on this list, J.K. Dobbins, I, I do expect him to be back. I think there's a possibility he could actually be back um, on Wednesday when they play Wednesday afternoon against the Ravens, but he's definitely will be back for the Monday night game. So that, that is good news for J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Kareem Hunt is Kareem Hunt, you know. Um, they're going to continue to heavily involve him. Like he's a strong RB two, even with Nick Chubb back. Keegan Drake, it was actually good to see him. Like he finally had a, a decent game. I wouldn't say it's like a, it was an amazing game. I sent some people I, on Twitter like acting like that he just went off and like that's really not what happened. He had a good fantasy performance, but I think he had like seventy rushing yards. But he's found the end zone twice, which really helps him out. So um, Keegan Drake, I think, is a decent play against the Rams. And then you got Wayne Gallman, who Mr. Consistency, Mr. Wayne Gallman, every single week is going to get you that 15 to 18 fantasy points. You know, he's not sexy. He's not going to get you 30, but he's somebody that, that is Mr. Consistency and a solid flex play. Duke Johnson, I think, could see more targets now with uh, Will Fuller out of the mix. And so I do I do like Will Fuller or Duke Johnson a little bit. Geo in a better matchup against the Dolphins um, this week. Uh, I think could you know as a solid RB two, and then Biddy Snell I have on here because as of right now James Conner may not play um, for after testing positive. I wouldn't expect him to play. So then Biddy Snell I think is somebody that people could look at, and then Melvin Gordon I have some interest in, and then if, if Philip Lindsay doesn't play, then I think I could actually have Melvin Gordon a lot higher. The Chiefs are terrible against the run, but the question will be: Are they going to continue to run the ball if, if they get down quickly to the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football? So. Melvin Gordon, I think, is also at least a, a, a like a low end RB two, high end RB three, and somebody I could probably have as a, like a middle, maybe upper uh, RB two if Philip Lindsay were to miss. Yeah, the word after uh, the game was that Philip Lindsay quote tweaked his knee a little bit, according to Fangio. We still haven't heard anything on the severity severity of that. J.K. Dobbins, I would absolutely fire up. I would have no qualms about doing that. I think we we saw him starting to take that backfield over. Obviously, the matchup sets up really well for him going up against Dallas, who has just been run all over by everybody. And, you know, th through the air on the ground, doesn't matter. Dallas is just giving it up to everybody out here. Doesn't matter. Kareem Hunt uh, is actually being ranked on Fantasy Pro's consensus as a top 10 back. We thought we were going to get that last week going up, going up against Jacksonville hunt, you know, oddly got shut out of the passing game, which was a little weird to see. I think it's just one of those just little weird one week kind of things. I definitely would not expect that going forward. He only put up the, uh, he did have a nice six yard per carry average, but 6.2 ain't going to get it done, especially if you're trying to win to get in. But I think you can go right back to him this week and plug him in as a, as an RB two. You know, T Tennessee, I think, is there's only six teams giving up more fantasy points per game to running backs than, than Tennessee, and Dallas is actually right above them with uh, with J.K. Dobbins. So I, I would feel super comfortable going back to both of them. And then Gio Bernard, I also like, obviously, in, in, in PPR leagues as well. So let's roll over to the RB3s, and we'll start to close this out. 
Miles Gasson, who should be returning this week, is going to kick things off at 25. Latavius Murray, Raheem Mostert, who made his return. J.D. McKissick, Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, Damian Harris, Zach Moss, Todd Gurley, Frank Gore, Chase Edmonds, and then the man who found the end zone twice on the ground somehow, James White, finishes finishes things off here as a, with, with the RB3s at 36. Man, I I really wish we could we could trust Cam Akers a little bit more. He he's been the the only running back who has shown any sort of explosiveness, you know, since the, the beginning of the year. Daryl Henderson started to look like that, but he's been faltering. Akers is ripping off big chunk yardage, but it, it just seems like McVeigh is is perfectly fine with just giving, you know. 10 to Akers, 8 to Malcolm, and then another 8 to, to Henderson. Hopefully we, this this starts to get cleared up because Cam Akers should absolutely be leading that backfield. I, I think he gives the, 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 most, the most versatility, like I said, explosive, dynamic playmaker, especially in space. It's good to see Raheem Moser come back, but that is another – committee situation that's just kind of hard to get a gauge on, especially with, you know, with all of their offensive woes. Um, who was who sticking out here to you? I mean, obviously for your brand, the Jonathan Jonathan Taylor hate stay strong here with, <laughs> with having him as a, as a, as a med RB three uh, touch on a couple of these guys who you think are interesting plays for week 13. Well, one, I'm going to start off with Latavius Murray because uh, I actually thought about putting him as an RB two, but I, I settled on a you know a high end RB three because you know we, we saw it last week. We we've actually seen it the last two weeks. I mean he's playing almost nearly fifty percent of the snaps. Uh, Twelve carries, nineteen carries last week. He's running routes. He's actually seeing more targets than Alvin Kamara is, which are actually I should say the same because um, in week eleven he saw two targets, and then last week he saw one target, three receptions. But he has eighty five yards against uh, the Falcons. And then he had 126 total yards and two touchdowns last week against Denver. Like he looks like the, pre- the preferred option right now. And the one that that's really making the most of this opportunity with Taysom Hill back there, because they're wanting to run the football so much. He has seen, like I said, 31 total touches over the, or 31 carries, uh, th- 34 total touches over the last two weeks. And so Latavius Murray is certainly in place so of people that hopefully added him and, you know, have been stashing him, which you should have, because if anything were to happen to Alvin Kamara, then Latavius Murray, we knew was a smash play, but now with Taysom Hill, like they just prefer to run the football and just slam it down your throat. And that's really what they've been doing. Latavius Murray, I think is definitely in play. Raheem Moser, it was, like you said, it was good to see him back. He did only play 39% of the snaps, but he did he did see 16 carries. He ran seven routes, two targets, two receptions, 43 total yards, and a touchdown. Not great. Um, hopefully, maybe they were just kind of easing him back in, especially for somebody that has uh, you know kind of uh, been a little bit hit or miss this year and, and has really you know been hampered by injuries. So we'll see if he does get more opportunities. But he did get a goal line touch and you know found the end zone. So. I do like Raheem Mostert a little bit this week. I think you could flex him uh, as, a, as a fine spot for him. And then Cam Akers, like you said, like, listen, Sean McVay, just give him the fucking ball, okay? Stop giving the ball. To, I do not understand the fascination with Daryl Henderson. I do not. 
Daryl Henderson is not the answer. He's not the guy. Let him be the change of pace back, but let Cam Akers get 50 to 20 touches because that's the way this game should, that's the way it should go. Cam Akers is the better running back. And hopefully we continue to see a trade where he gets the, he gets, he gets the majority of the touches. They start phasing out because right now it looks like it's between them two and the Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Brown is the, the odd man out at this point. So if they're able to do that, I think Cam Akers, I think is at, at least, uh, uh, should be at least viewed as a flex option this week. Now, Jonathan Taylor, I really went back and forth with. I probably could have them a lot higher. They're getting Houston. Houston has been historically bad against the ground. Like, when I mean historically bad, I mean historically bad. They, at this point, are – it's not even close in terms of how many rushing yards they've allowed. They have they have given up the most rushing yards, and it's it's by at least 120. They've given up the most rushing touchdowns by two – or, no, they're tied with Detroit Lions and rushing touchdowns. They've been torched through the air. Like this, this, this run defense is absolutely dreadful. And so Jonathan Taylor does make some sense and probably should be higher than what I have him right now. I am just skeptical. Is Frank Reich going to commit to him and give him the 20 touches that he should be getting? Because if he does not, and he plays some hot hand approach, like this could be a game where Jonathan Taylor only sees the ball five to 10 times, and that's going to be tilting. So I don't think I can fully trust him. He's coming off the COVID. He's definitely going to be ready um, to come off that list. They've already said they're expecting him to return, you know, as long as, you know, he doesn't, you know, a, a positive test doesn't come up because he was never, he was, it was a contact. That's why he was out this past week, but he's definitely going to be back this week. So I could definitely have Jonathan Taylor uh, higher than this. I think he has a really high ceiling in this game. Wouldn't be shocked if this was his coming out party and he rushed for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Certainly in the range of possibility. Damian Harris gets a great, gets a good matchup this week against the Chargers. The Chargers have struggled to stop the run. But the, the thing with the Chargers is, or excuse me, the same with the thing with Damian Harris is he has no pass catching role whatsoever. So it's really hard if if they get behind the Chargers in this game, which is certainly possible with the way Justin Herbert's been playing. Justin Herbert's been matchup proof. If that happens, then Damian Harris can be game scripted out. So that's why I have him there. Uh Todd Gurley. They're playing the Saints. I want no part of Todd Gurley if he's even able to play this league. If anybody else plays like Ito Smith or Brian Hill, nope, I'm good. I'll pass on that. And then I hate myself for having Frank Gore on this list, but like he played like 80-some percent of the opportunities last week. So somebody that's going to get that kind of opportunity, I think at the very least he could probably get you 10 fantasy points. And they're playing the Raiders, so like I don't hate it. And then Chase Edmonds, I think, is a weekly flex option every single week because of his pass-catching role. And then James White for the same reason. I would just say, one, that I'm proud of you for finally including Frank Gore. But two, it is absolutely disrespectful to have Frank Gore and Jonathan Taylor so close in your rankings. It, it the, the disrespect is, is dripping we'll, we'll from the screen. And we'll see what happens. Like I said, like I, I could totally uh, see myself, depending on what we hear, what information comes out this week, um, see myself having him higher. Like he has a really, really high ceiling this week. Like he really could end up being somebody that I could feel confident in putting as like an RB one. Like this is a great, great fucking matchup. But trusting Frank Reich to actually do the right thing. Because, I mean, Jordan Wilkins could get a couple carries and bust off a 40-yard run, and next thing you know, they're giving all the carries to Jordan Wilkins. Like, it is super frustrating. Or Naheem Hines, uh, for that matter. So that is the only reason why I just have him a little bit lower, and I think he's a little bit risky because it is an excellent matchup. Anyway, on that note, we're going to get out of here. Uh, be sure to join us on Sunday whenever we go live to answer all of your lineup uh, decisions. Please be sure to like this on YouTube if you're watching and subscribe if you're listening to us on podcast form. 
please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Best of luck in week 13, and make sure you check out our other ranking content. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.